You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. All right, guys, we're back with uh, Skid. Um, Skid, I don't we're, think you know that. We're one of our first few episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Skid, I don't know if you know this, but you're you're one of our most uh, listened to podcasts, that one with uh, where you're, you're I think, talking about. I think about. I can credit, um, you know, 40 of those listens. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you just, like, played it on. You know, a lot of people, like... Um, they, even with like the Black Lives Matter um, uh, movement, they say like there's like playlists where you know that money goes to them or whoever, whatever else fundraiser, and people just like play it when they go to bed and they just keep it on repeat so they get all the views. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that what you were doing to us, Skid? Gassing I'm trying. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get the word out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I thought it was. I thought it was some pretty crazy stories. Pretty wild as a. Uh definitely takes you along i mean now you're kind of buried down there but i think if you look at the most popular ones i'm pretty sure uh you're up there so or i should say we're up there the one you were on with us but yeah well it's a it's a privilege and uh yeah i do i do tell people when they talk about podcasts i recommend this one and i tell them to check out that one so Maybe they maybe they maybe they actually have. That's cool. Maybe, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Man. I hate I. You know what? I hate lip service. That's probably more than, like I'm not saying that you give me lip service or at all, so to speak. But like when you go tell somebody like, hey, you should check this out, and they're like, yeah, I definitely will, and then they don't ever do it. That's one of my pet peeves. Like I don't even tell people um, like people are like, oh, what's a good movie? Or like I'll talk to show like unless it's like you guys, you know, because I got pretty good faith that you'll at least give me. Uh, you'll give it uh, at least a initial look there but like oh yeah you should check out this show and never do and then somebody tells me to check it out i'm usually like if i say i'm gonna check it out i'm gonna do it but most times i'll tell them just like yeah if i got the time but probably not going to check it out because i don't want to get their hopes up right yeah this feels dishonest i guess yeah it's kind of like goes to your word right like my word's very important to me, right? So if I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it to my best of my ability, obviously, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, th- like I, think, it's, I think it's tough because there's so much content out there and never before has there been so much to check out or tune into or listen. And so, yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I think to your point, Lux, you got you to gotta have trusted people who are like, okay, I- I'll actually listen to this or watch that. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I'm just, I'm just talking, just talking, you know. My dad, like, <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll tell me like, oh, you gotta check this show, out. you gotta check this show, out. and I just tell him like, Dad, you just told me like 18 different shows. <laughs> All right, I'll try to check out like maybe one or two, but I can't, I can't keep up with you. You're going, you're going way harder than I can in the, in the uh, entertainment game. But like I said, he's retired. He's got time to check out, you know, 18 different shows, and like, it's like, man. I'll be lucky if I get to see like one show every two weeks, you know, like I just started watching space force, uh, last night and it's, I don't know, it's probably like a, a month or so old. And it's like the first show I probably watched in hell a month. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too, is like, it's so hard to, you know, people could tell you all these shows, but it's like, if they're on different platforms and you don't have a subscription to that, or you have to like, I don't know, your TV doesn't have that app or whatever, you know, it's like so annoying yeah. to try to find it, you know? 
Yeah. What did you think of uh, Space Force? Well, I'm still I'm in the middle of it. It's kind of funny, like seeing how, like obviously it's a it's a, a parody, um, especially like when you see people like how they're like manipulating people's names and stuff. It's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, it is. But it it, it it takes a comical look at like <laughs> what I can imagine are real life uh, things that happen as far as what are the true concerns about um, higher up sometimes. So it's just kind of funny to see their interactions. Like I said, I'm a big time or a big fan of John Malkovich. So he's uh, kind of quirky and odd. And so I like, I like his characters almost always. But it's uh, it's been pretty good so far. I haven't finished about halfway through, though. Yeah, they got some heavy hitters in that show. Yeah. Pulling in a lot of, uh, I guess, big names. Uh, obviously, Steve Carell plays a... It's interesting because like sometimes I get annoyed with Steve Carell because I hate when he plays kind of the the oaf or like aloof person with power. Um, right. It's kind of kind of the Don Quixote uh, character, but I, I think this one he does a pretty good job of. He he's a little bit uh, aloof, but he's still like he's he's smart enough that like he's a. Uh, he, he's not just a, a bumbling fool at the helm of something. So I think that's kind of cool. Kind of makes you on the side of Space Force in real life. But obviously, <laughs> I'm well, I'm not, not on the side of Space Force. I'm just not prone to <laughs> give them much credence at this point yet. Because right. it's still, it's still, they still feel to me a little bit more uh, just Air Force part two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the little brother right now. So yeah. Like I don't, I would even consider them like at all close to, because I think the idea is to get them to kind of be like how the Marines are to the Navy, and I don't think they're even close to that yet. So I think right now it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're still waiting on a lot of Air Force uh, infrastructure to give them what they need, which is fine, and maybe one day they'll get there, and I'm sure probably in. 10 to 15 years like i'll probably say you know what it's probably a good idea to bring the space force about right now i'm just like yeah take them or leave them yeah sos i mean that that seemed to be the focus was about space i mean every lecture or conversation and and then we actually had uh, general raymond come and, and speak to us and so it was uh it was eye-opening to me because I knew, I mean, you could hear the rumblings that this was coming, but that, uh, that was definitely the focus or one of the biggest takeaways I got at SOS was just space is the cool thing. All, all the space guys in my class were like, yeah, we're the cool guys. Oh man, I could. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it was interesting, it was interesting, but yeah, I mean, they very much were, they had the air, like pilots are the old thing We're we're the new hotness. And so, um, I was like, all right, man. I mean, I'm I'm here to learn. Teach me. Um, yeah. I, I got lost in, you know, about five minutes in. We started talking about satellites and space and all sorts of stuff. But, I mean, it's cool. I mean, at least they're they're passionate. You know, I mean, I think you got to have the passion uh, to to get people interested. But, yeah, man. I uh, based on the things we've we've seen and done, it's like it just doesn't. It's not as sexy to me. No. Uh, yeah. No. I'm I'm with you. You very well put, I'd say. I, I think I, I, every time I've talked to somebody who's a space person, 
Like they, oh man, it's, it's always like fighting the, they think they're the top of the dog, like they're the top dog. And <laughs> to a certain degree, they are, I guess. Literally, they're the top, like they're in space. You can't go higher than that, right? But uh, <laughs> I, I, you talk to them, like again, having another squadron officer school moment here. Uh, we were doing like kind of a joint thing with uh, a couple other flights. And same thing, it was like, like oh, space is uh, definitely... You know, it's it, that we, we need our own branch. We were like, why? Like, I don't understand. It's like, it's just you, like you have to understand it's the number one priority. And I'm like, well, uh, I got to say, I think I've heard a couple of different number one priorities. Uh, so I definitely <laughs> heard that nuclear game is another number one priority, which talking to one of my uh, one of my ALO friends, he was because he, he was a uh, cyber guy, too, before. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the number one mission. I'm like. Well, I mean, yeah, that's all good and all, but like, if you get nuked, what are you gonna do? Like, you can't like, who cares a fuck about right. space? Uh, you know, right? Like, <laughs> I got a fucking missile set in my ass, and I gotta, and I'm worried about <laughs> uh, what the fuck a space can do. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's like if everything's your number one priority, nothing is, you know. But yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess nuke obviously would be our number one priority, but. Was that just one of those things that somebody said once and everybody's like, <laughs> Probably. you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to justify your existence. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that's probably exactly. Like, I mean, like I said, everybody. And then you're like, well, you know, I don't know. I'll t- oh, you know, I found out. Uh, well, now nah, I'll, I'll save it for later, but never mind. Um, something good if the viewers or I don't know if you guys saw this because I didn't realize like all the SOS flight commanders kind of did something like slightly different, you know, but uh, our guy had us watch. um, There's a YouTube video. I don't know what it's called, but I could find it, but it's like about space command or, um, you know, that the operations, but it's uh, 60 minutes with general Hyten. I think his name is the, I think he's now like the vice chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was pretty eye opening. Uh, And you could tell he has to like, walk around a lot of stuff like the 60 minutes guys like asking him a bunch of questions and he's like i can't really talk about that but he like said it in a different way you know <laughs> yeah that's one of the most annoying things about like anything people are just naturally curious They're like cool i want to know about this and it's like dude i wish i could tell you i can't though it's just, just saying yeah it's yeah they're like what's the frequency ranges ah, i can't tell you that yeah, like, <laughs> why, why do you want to know? Like, I don't know, I'm just curious. And like, yeah. well, like, you have no, like, and you know, like, they have no, like, no malintent. They're just like, you start talking about some really obscure thing, and I was just like, oh, well, tell me about it. And you're like, well, I can't, so just forget you even ask. Right. Um, but, yeah. Um, well, well, speaking of the, uh, you know, the news and stories, uh, Luxury, I, I've always valued your opinion. I mean, I remember... Uh, you know, talking to you about social issues, political issues. And uh, I think there's a lot of a lot that people um, are curious about. I think a lot of people who have a misunderstanding of what the movement is. There's a lot of different voices, whether it's, um, you know, social media, whether it's, you know, the news that we see every day, whether it's conversations we have in the squadron. But um I know I, for one, um, I think obviously, you know, with Ferguson and everything that happened, started to take more notice of really what was what was going on, the things that, you know, I didn't see or understand. And then obviously with with George Floyd, um, 
you know, eye-opening as far as the effects of, you, I mean, you could say, you know, systemic racism uh, in this country and then, you know, the movements that followed. So I'd just be curious to get your perspective as members in the Air Force, you know, the conversations you think we need to have. Are we going to have the right ones? Um, are we going to be able to actually be able to talk about the issues or is this, do you see this passing? In other words, but it kind of getting swept under the rug, we check the box, or do you think this is really a, a moment in history, or a, a time of change? Hmm. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I guess uh, I'll start with, uh, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'll start with, do I think it's, gonna, uh, it's going to pass? Uh, I don't think it will. Um, I think every time we reach this juncture in uh in social uh or in society we always thought it's passed and i'll say this it has passed uh for certain people um but for another group of people this um these issues haven't and they've been a continuing uh issue so i think uh when people take People a lot of think a lot of times talk about you know we're a post-racial society or a post um, whatever um, we don't have to worry about this um, for certain groups of people yeah that's the case um, to put it bluntly uh, that has not been the case for people of color um, not whether whether they're black Hispanic um, whatever um, any kind of pe- person of color Asian uh, doesn't matter the idea that we can forget um or move past things because we're not in our uh we like we didn't we haven't perpetrated any of those terrible things that happened is kind of a farce and it's kind of letting letting ourselves off easy i'd say so um in that aspect um it's something that i guess people of color have had to they haven't been able to forget because we don't have the luxury of um of that because it's something that we face every single day. So uh, long story short, I don't think this will be a passing movement. What I think uh, may happen um, soon, like, and I hope it doesn't, but I think people will probably get their fill. They felt that they took play, they took part in some kind of movement and then they'll move on to the next big thing. And um, not to say this has to stay the number one priority, um, but it has to stay as something that, we will as a society be concerned with uh, if that answers your question yeah so what what questions because i mean they talk about that now you know you got to have the honest questions you gotta you know have the training you gotta you gotta get out there with your people and find out where they're at and you gotta have empathy so what what do you think where does it start i mean is it is it telling luxury story of what it's like growing up and, and the instances um, where you've experienced racism, is that, is, is that it, or is it, is it back on, you know, um, you know, me skid, Hey, as a white person, my privilege or, or this is the way I see the world. Is that right? Is it wrong? You know, I mean, where, where do you think it kind of starts? Yeah. So I think you asked a great question there. Um, so I would say, um, this is, this is kind of another issue where, um, a lot of people are unintentionally um, misguided and that they want to help. Um, 
and they want they want to say, hey, come tell me how I can be better. Come tell me how I can be better. Well, like this isn't um, a like the burden of proof doesn't remain on people of color for this one. It's like that's where I, I'd say, sure, like when somebody comes to uh, a person of color and says, hey, uh, like, tell me how you feel or tell me what you're thinking about this exact this, you know, this specific scenario. Uh, they owe it to give their honest, um, their honest thoughts, um, which I could go off on a tangent on that too. But I'd say um, the real change is going to be asking, basically going for that feedback and actively searching out, uh, especially as uh, the majority. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're the majority being a white dude or being just a dude uh, and you're asking for a female perspective on uh, an issue. So I think um, it's it's a two way street. But right now, if in my opinion, um, in Lux's opinion, uh, I think the majority needs to be sitting down and asking, like, hey, what can I do to be better? Hey, what are some issues like what are some issues that you're facing um, that I might not be aware of, um, instead of like kind of waiting for, um, I guess black people or people of color, uh, to come through. So I guess, uh, I like that aspect, what you brought up and I, th- I have seen people do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could like, it's one of those things like, sure you, you can act like, go ahead and you can ask like, Hey, like what are, what are some of the things that you think of, but you have to also remember, um, I think we kind of talk about tokenism. Uh, I don't know if we ever talked about on the podcast, but tokenism goes like, I know people are like, Oh, you know, like token black guy. Ah, yeah, ha, ha. But like, that's not what I really would mean. Like t- uh, tokenism goes far beyond that. So if you're the only person from Alabama in the room, um, and then we attribute, like we have a conversation and all of a sudden, um, something that let's say you're from Alabama. So, um, you say something that, Hey, I feel this way as a person from Alabama. And then all of a sudden we attribute all of our interactions, um, with people from Alabama to being, to falling under that one person's mentality. It's not the case. There's a multitude of different viewpoints of people from Alabama. Right. But you can't say that just because you have the one friend who is like that, that they he or she speaks for um the entirety of a population right um so keeping that in mind also and i'm talking i'm not really giving you a specific answer <laughs> uh at this moment but i guess just kind of talking on broad uh, in broad strokes yeah do you think are there any good books or i mean is there a, a place to start i mean i always kind of I'm all for education. I'm all for reading. I don't like the simplicity though. sometimes of like, well, if I just read these books and I understand what it's like to be a black man, right. Or I understand your culture because I mean, humans are complex. And so, um, but if, if there was a, a starting point, um, are, are there books, are there, or is it more just conversational? Is it more, um, I guess where, where do you start? Man, um, well, that's a tough one because I think it's a little bit of everything, right? Um, you can't, it's like, you, there's something like, imagine you take, go back to anything you've done in life. It's something somebody might say, oh, just read a book about it. And you're going to say like, well, I can read a book about this, but until I go actually do this and interact with 
this whatever activity I'm trying to do, right? Like it's not gonna make sense. Um, you'll like you'll start doing like you you, you went to OTS, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yo, I was I was your upperclassman back then. That's, Damn, that's, that's right. It. Yeah. But like, do, do you remember? Like, do you remember? Some somebody was like, they'd be like, "Hey, read the Otsman," and when you read it, you're it's just gonna make sense, right? Right. And you're like, uh, like, you, like you're not gonna know what it means now, but then when you're gonna see it, and it's gonna happen. It's kind of like that, where like you can read a book, but and you may be able to glean a lot from it, um, but until you're actually in that scenario. You're not going to really understand. So I think it takes a little bit of both. So, like, so if you're ta- my my opinion, I'll give you uh, some books to start with. Um, but um, for, I wanted to touch on this first. Like, I think it's going to be a combination of having these discussions with um, black people and uh, other people of color, um, and uh, and taking like if there if there's someone like saying, hey, read this book, then. Um, taking it for what it's uh, taking for what they say because um, it, it's it's kind of difficult to encapsulate what it is to be a black person in America, right? Um, like that that that's like saying asking you know, hey, what is it like to be you uh, you skip right. or you port? Like I, I can't explain what it is. Like I can't I can't quantify or um, qualify what it's like to be me. Um, it's something that you're never going to have that experience, right? Just because it's not you. But all I can all you can ask for is just understand that, hey, this is how somebody feels, or this is how somebody the 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 experiences they had, and just kind of empathize with it. I'm not asking you to do completely buy into it, but just understand that it's um, if even if it's if you perceive it as a perceived feeling, it's a still a feeling that somebody's feeling. So with that said, I'd say um, one of the books I've, I've actually told, uh, or I, I've talked to Detroit and he read this book. And I don't, I don't know if he took the same points that I did from it, um, but Native Son, um, that's a good one. It's a long read, long read. And it's, um, it's kind of odd. And somebody might say, well, this doesn't really help excuse me, it doesn't really help the cause, but understanding, like, uh, if you do decide to read it one day, um, then you, then maybe we'll, we talk about, you know, Hey, this is, this is why what transpired happened. Um, on a separate note, um, you could read, um, similar name would be, um, James Baldwin's notes on a native son. Um, James Baldwin's pretty good. Um, is older, but again, a lot of these books are, um, a lot of these books are older books, but they still hold, um, hold true to this day. I, I believe, um, I'm trying to think of another one. I'd have to go back and look at my library. Um, right now the one that's popping out in my mind is Franz Fanon. I think he's a, he's like a, either a French black dude, or he was, um, I think maybe he, I can't something, he's somehow tied to France. I can't remember how, but, um, his was I think black skin white masks maybe um, but he also speaks um, pretty in depth on um, just some of the issues that people face and again like they're, you're gonna need to talk you need to read a whole bunch of different uh, stuff because there's certain people who feel certain ways about uh, and they have they they're even you know there's more people who are more liberal more conservative on their on these same issues so you can't take one book or one discussion as standing as the whole um 
of black people. It's you take those what the lessons that person says in the book or says in an article and says in a, uh, a vlog. And you have to take that as just understanding that's a, an, an experience in life. And some might some people might have that experience also, but um, some people might not. And regardless, it's an experience that somebody felt, if that makes sense. Yeah, if I can ask, yeah. if I can ask you guys, well, what do, what do you guys felt um, have like? Were, is this something that you guys were kind of unaware to, or you just didn't really think anything of it up, up to uh, kind of the outcrying of social media? Or what do you think? Do you think um, to ask a second question? Do you think you what made you more aware of these issues was the amount of people jumping on board to the social media train, or do you think it was the actual, um, I guess the back to back, basically killings of, um, there's a few different people within last year, but, um, the ones that stick in my mind was Ahmaud Arbery and, um, um, George Floyd. Yeah, I know for me, um, I really think I, I think Ferguson was the first time of really trying to understand uh, what was happening. And then I can't remember what else. And I know that Trayvon Martin was, was another uh, instance where, you know, some, some deep reflection there. Um, but, you know, I mean, a big, a big person that I've looked to, um, through a lot of this is Ben Watson. So he was a football player, um, played for the Ravens. Say again. Watson played for the Patriots at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paid for the Patriots, played for the Ravens and, um, just his perspective. Um, so he wrote a book after Ferguson, um, under our skin. And it's a, a book just from his perspective as a, uh, uh, as a black man, as a, as a black athlete. And, and I, and I think he does a good, job of just explaining from his perspective um not to mention i mean he's hopeful he he sees the reconciliation coming through you know seeing each other as you know children of god and that being the you know the way to you know create lasting change um which you know is very very much in line with you know um dr king and, and you know so many others um but I mean, it, it got me digging and thinking too, um, just about the church and just about Christianity in general, and um, just the bias there and how they've been complicit. I mean, if, if there's ever a religion that's supposed to help people who are oppressed or people who are seeking justice, right? It should be Christianity. And instead, what's happened in America is you have country club Christianity and people who they feel good, they dress up and that's about it. And so, you know, what does it look like then to have a, a society that pushes for justice, you know, uh, pushes for love and, um, and is that enough or do you need uh, a country and its laws to change so that, you know, people understand, um, you know, how, how bad it is and that's reforming the police or, you know, affirmative action or, you know, changing. Um, I mean, there's just so many things in this country, but um, I, I would say, yeah, Ben Watson has been kind of a go-to for me and um, realizing how 
um, while individually, um, I would say, Hey, I'm not racist. I have been a part of, you know, quote unquote racist organizations, which have not done enough to, um, you know, change the way they think and they act towards others. Uh, and the saddest part is they're, they're doing it in the name of Jesus, which is like, you know, it's just makes it even more egregious, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where, where I'm at today, uh, with it. And, um, and yeah, man, just doing a lot of thinking, a lot, a lot of talking and, and just trying to really learn and listen. Um, because yeah, man, I, uh, I've been, you know, blind to it for a long time. And I think um, you, you just can't be. You have a responsibility. You have to speak out. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're probably going to get it wrong. But, um, yeah, you just you, – we just can't sit back anymore and just not say or do anything. Yeah. I think for me it's like I noticed all of the stuff that was happening. And – uh, you know, I was kind of looking at like a few bad apples kind of thing, but it's obviously gone beyond that. And, I mean, I don't know, before I think it was George Floyd, uh, I think we were like, when was the last one before that? I don't know. I feel like there was some time there, but maybe maybe I missed one, you know. Well, they have the guy, the Ahmaud Arbery, I think he said he was dog and he got shot. Um, I mean, it wasn't by the police, but just uh, kind of it's kind of along the same vein. Was that one before George Floyd? Yes, I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like, and that's kind of like another thing. So um, it, it's hard to kind of keep track um, anymore because it happens often. Like I, I know I hear a lot of people say, "Well, let's just look at the stats." Uh, I think to I don't I don't really follow the guy because maybe maybe it's I want to live in my own echo chamber. But I know Ben Shapiro is his like I'm not I'm not a fan of the dude. Uh, but he's um, he's like you know like let's look at the stats look at the stats look at the stats. I think um, sometimes people um, it, it, it's a, it kind of lets people look at stats and they say it, it, it kind of uses it as a way to get off the hook. But um, I'm kind of digressing here. But uh, pe- people say you know like, like and on the whole um, you know more white people are killed by cops than black people. Well, no one's denying that. But the frequency and the circumstances around the killings is what's are the issues not necessarily the number i think people forget that um yeah right that that's the real issue not how many people it's why uh in the circumstances surrounding it but um, yeah kind of go back to what you're saying yeah it just happens a lot and like it's kind of hard to keep track and it's kind of sad that you're saying like it seems like this it seems like this is happening too often um yeah and not to detract but like one thing i got from all this too was like how the i mean i kind of knew it but like this really showed it was just how the media kind of sensationalizes stuff and like you know they're not really getting at really the root cause they're basically just trying to sell papers you know for uh for lack of a better term but um but just like how they you know switching from you know like it's kind of gone away for a little bit and now they're just going back to coronavirus or something, you know, and they're just, um, I wish they would put like more positive, um, things about the black lives matter as opposed to just like all the negativity as well. But, um, the biggest thing I think I got from it too was, um, just the accountability. Like 
I thought for a while there, like the body cams were going to be more prevalent and, you know, obviously police officers were going to be um, policing each other. But the fact that with like George Floyd, like sure, the the one guy was obviously a horrible person, but the other guys just like watching and not doing anything either. That was just like, what the fuck's that? You know, like it's like um even if it it wasn't a race thing like if it was like white on white or whatever it's just like how like where's the accountability like how are we allowing this to happen and then it's also like i think it took like a few weeks like i know with um um one of the guys it uh, it only came out because somebody either did like a whistleblow thing or the body cam footage came out like two months later so it's like like we obviously need some police reform, I suppose. And I mean, people were talking about that training thing, which I never really, I guess, thought about was um, just the vast number of police officers that are needed. You know, it's like quantity over quality type of thing. Um, And like making sure to vet them better, but also get them better training, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, we kind of see it obviously in any workplace or, like I think about it for TSA too, like, you know, how, like how well trained are these guys? And it, you know, it seems like kind of a casual job, like maybe, um, TSA and I suppose not so much policing, but, uh, obviously these are like significant positions to be in, especially if something came about, or like, even like for the air force, like security forces at the gate, you know, they're just like checking IDs, but they have to be like, we've talked about it before. Like they have to be perfect with their decision-making in like a split second if something were to turn bad you know so i think a lot of police reform and training is another thing i got from it too yeah uh i think there's a lot of there's a lot to be reformed across the board um i think i know some people are getting frustrated with the types of change um that people are proposing um they see that it's kind of or they they feel that it's unfair or um, maybe it is um, counterintuitive, but um, it's just like one thing to realize, just the way that things are, the status quo is kind of broken right now. And I think people are starting to see that it's coming to light. And um, just because it worked for some groups of people and it wasn't working for another group of people, um, that, and, and if you happen to be the part of the group that it was working for, know it's easy to say i don't understand what the problem is but uh i know like what to again to talk about uh specific each other people are talking about defund the police you know and the issue with that like do i think it should be that happen um i don't think the the way people are talking about it is kind of in the right way if you will um i think they're, they're not saying take all the money away from police departments i don't think uh, maybe some people are saying that, but that's not the idea. It's kind of, it's kind of like mis, uh, again, misunderstood or got people jumping into conclusions. But um, I think the way we, the way we fund and how we fund police is um, is important. And understanding that, like for some people, are like, well, good luck. Like, I, the argument I always see people are like, well, yeah, they're going to get rid of the police, and like, well, good luck with. Um, whenever somebody breaks into your house and you call the cops or somebody comes to try to kill you and you, you're relying on the cops. I'm like, I'm telling you this, buddy, the group of people you're targeting with that comment right now, they're probably not calling the cops in the first place. 
So, <laughs> like, because they felt they would be in more danger if they would call, if they were to call the cops. So just make sure, like, the privilege of thinking that you, when you call the cops, they're going to come save you is um, the privilege of having that that idea in your mind is a privilege in itself. Because there's a lot of people who are out there, like, something happens and they're like, dude, I'm not calling the cops. Something bad's going to happen to me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and again, I think, <clears throat> you know, from my own experience, um, you know, I've, I've had some, some good in, run-ins with the police. And then, you know, I think as you guys are aware, uh, you know, I've had some negative ones where uh, they straight up lied, <laughs> you know, and said that I did something that I didn't. And, you know, it just makes me think, man, had I been in another situation or another skin color and you know who knows where that that could have actually gone because in the end i mean i read the reports i read eight different police reports they all said different things and a lot of them were just straight up lies um but it was to protect it was the the blue shield effect and um you know i think as more people have run-ins and sure a lot of what's on youtube or that you can see isn't the full tape and it's just a little clip but I mean, you can see a clear abuse of power and it's, uh, it's unsat and, 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 and we, you know, we, we just have to hold people accountable just as we were held accountable for every bomb that we dropped and where it went. Um, and sometimes we'd be pissed off about, well, why can't we do this? We're seeing this happen. Well, you know, we got to get the clearance. It's got to be good. Whereas I feel like too often it's, uh, people are going into situations cleared hot and it's like, man, that, that's another human's life. And, um, you know, it, it, it means something, you know, it affects more than obviously that person's their family, it's their community. And, um, and again, don't get me wrong, man, being a police officer is probably one of the hardest things. And, and I think if there's ever a time that we probably need to overfund the police, it's now because they need more training. They need to, yeah. you know, be, be better trained and, 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 you know, but it's just, th there's definitely an element, man, that, um, that, that power, it, uh, you know, the power in anyone's hands, man, can corrupt anyone. And if you just do it day in and day out, uh, and you're only seeing in your view, a, a part of society that is not good, um, man, I think that can change you and, uh, not for the better. That's for sure. I've seen some things. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, there's a lot to be said for having more training. Um, and sure, like somebody's gonna say, hey, you know, that training is not, uh, it's not good enough. Or like, have you ever seen? Have you ever been put in this situation? That's what somebody always says. You know, have you ever been put in that situation? Until you have, then I don't want to hear what you're saying. Like, well, you know, like the same thing can be said back to somebody else. You know, um, like to the, like the person. If I if I just said, hey. You got to experience this just to understand. Somebody on the other, the other person I'm talking to might be like, "Well, yeah, you got to experience from my end." I'm like, "Oh, you're right. <laughs> There's a lot of different experiences out there, and it's impossible to get put your feet exactly in somebody else's shoes because, you know, to get that effect, like there's so many things that go into it, right? Like you, it could be you had the like you ran out of your favorite cereal that morning and you spilled your last cup of orange juice on your way out the door and you didn't have coffee and that put you in a bad mood. So that changed the way one word came out of your mouth to the, this one person. And 
and it just spirals and then all of a sudden like no one can see that um and you can't you can't say you can't really calculate for that there's too many uh there's there's too many things to calculate uh it all depends if you will but yeah, yeah. no i mean i think the empathy piece is hard man and i and i don't know um, apart from having conversations and taking a hard look. And I think one of the hardest things is, is getting to a place where you start from, I'm probably wrong about this. You know, it's like we operate most of the time on, no, I'm right. I've conditioned myself. You know, I live in my echo chamber. I'm right. I got the right idea. But to like be humble enough to say, no, I'm probably wrong. I mean, that, that can, for a lot of people, That'll set them off, man. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, people don't I mean, like people, to be wrong. It's, yeah, no I, mean, it, I don't. <laughs> right. And especially as something as deep as racism or um, what, whatever it is, I mean, that's that's at the heart of who they are and how they see the world. And if you start saying, well, man, um, yeah, you may actually be complicit in this. It's like, no, I, I can't be. That's just not possible. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm a Christian, you know, I mean, I, I'm a good person and it's like copy. But, um, you know, what what if you are wrong? Just start there. What if I'm wrong? What would that look like? And yeah, I'm just I'm just amazed. And again, and I'm not saying um, by any means that I've arrived, but I, I'm at least willing <laughs> to say, uh, OK, I could be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I could be. I could have for a long time held on to some beliefs that um, I had the privilege of doing because, yeah, man, I I grew up a certain way and wasn't affected like other people. And it's easy to not care because it's like, man, it's just not in my lane, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, I think what you said, like this, go, like uh, that goes for anything. Um, just say, hey, like, I think I'm right. But what if I'm wrong? Um for anything, that's uh, a good, I think that's a good way to just go about life, you know, um, especially if you're talking, when you're talking about taking feedback, because it, it's one of those like, I, I know we talked about it on the show before, um, you know, I love, I love getting feedback and it's hard. Um, it's, and it's just easier when you, if you can put it straight out there and like, Hey, say whatever you want. It's not going to hurt my feelings, even though it may, it's obviously it's going to hurt your feelings, but being open enough to take that criticism, take that feedback is kind of where we all learn. And really, I don't know, I, th I think as um, as I've gotten older, I've, I've kind of sought out that feedback and I want honest feedback from people and people can tell me I'm shitty at this or I suck at this or, man, you're really missing the mark here. And I'm completely fine with it because, you know, uh, that's how you grow. That's how you get become better at whatever you're um, trying to be better at. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think to your point, yeah, man, it's, I wouldn't, and I, and I actually got some recent feedback. It wasn't from work, but it was just life feedback from, uh, from a buddy and, and it did hurt my feelings. And so it's almost like you got to say, all right, man, like, yeah, this is going to hurt my feelings, but I'll at least, we'll still hug it out afterwards, but yeah, <laughs> man, I'm going to, I'm going to get emotional about this. Cause, um, cause I'm a human, like I, I just can't, input like hey you suck and be like oh yeah man great that's awesome uh, <laughs> man i really do suck i should probably stop yeah yeah especially if you're something you're invested in you know like as i think this uh to kind of I'm, i might be taking this uh off subject uh, kind of this um what we've been talking about but um you know it's it's, it's one of those things where in like honesty in a relationship and you can probably tell, talk more about this 
uh, being a married guy skid, but um, and you being in a significant relationship there, Fort, but like getting the like having honesty be the basis of a relationship, and then honestly, like when somebody tells you, hey, you know, babe, you just you're just wrong on this, and you like, yeah, you have to kind of say, okay, fine, yeah, maybe I am, uh, and being able to take that criticism in a relationship because obviously um, you felt that you probably feel that you are correct in that one. But, um, and when you're in a relationship, like you may feel really strongly about something, but you're, it's going to hurt when somebody says you, you're wrong about it and you don't want it to be wrong, but it's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good example of like, like with relationships, we've all been there of like, you know, the girl or, you know, somebody else is mad. The significant other is mad at you, but you know, you have to have a conversation about something or, you know, like it's already, everybody's already annoyed, you know, but you know, you have to have that conversation because otherwise you're just going to keep it bottled up, you know? So it's better to, you know, in most cases, it's better to put it out there and make sure everybody's on the right page as opposed to, uh, ignorance is bliss, you know, because, it's just going to get to you eventually, you know? And I mean, like we were talking about before, nobody wants to be like, as much as it sucks to tell someone they suck, no one wants to be the person who sucks, but thinks they are awesome. Right. You know what I mean? So you might as well be in reality and improve it than live a lie, you know? Tempers flare. It's like when you're emotionally invested. And I think that's the, that's the part where we really, um, in all things, that's where the problem comes when you're emotionally invested in something, which you can't help, um, because if something you care, inevitably, if it's something that you care about, um, you're going to be emotionally invested in it. Right. And when somebody tells you you're wrong about that, or, um, you're somehow mistaken, um, then it's hard to kind of, again, hard to kind of check your, check your ego and check your emotions at the door. Yeah. And I think something with that is like not only humility, but like the big picture, right? Like, uh, I had a snafu recently with Home Depot, like getting a return. <laughs> it was, it was just a fucking mess. I mean, I could go into it, but, uh, <laughs> it was like a, you know, a hundred dollar like tool set or whatever, but long story short, I was trying to return it, but it was like getting mixed up. It was like getting shipped, but they couldn't cancel it, all this type of stuff. But it was like, it would have been easy for me to get upset. I mean, I kind of was, but, but it like looking at the big picture is like, this is not going to matter in like, I don't know, two weeks, let alone a month or, you know, five years or whatever else. It's only a hundred dollars. I mean, that is kind of a lot, but it's also not the most, you know, um, this is not, you know, it's going to pass this too shall pass, you know? So just like taking a step back, realizing like, sure. In the moment, this is like horrible or sucks, you know, but it's like, this is not that, you know, other people are dealing with worse things. I think is a good thing that I keep it or I try to keep in perspective um that helps me but yeah i think perspective is key obviously yeah and and i think you gotta have that's why you gotta be intentional with those moments because i think too often when when you're in the moment and you are emotional and then you call somebody out the tempers are gonna flare so that's where you know putting it on the calendar for the feedback or you know lauren and i we went out we had we had a uh you know a, a little date um you know this morning and it was a good chance for us to to just kind of go over some things and you know we're both we've had a good day we're we're you know we're able to sleep in 
it's like all these other things are good. So when you finally bring up maybe some bad, you're in a place to take it. Um, and so that's where I think, yeah, with, with all feedback and, uh, those emotional relationship issues, you got to schedule a time, man. I, I, am never in the heat of the moment, even if I'm right, when I brought something up, has it been settled then? Because it's just like, <laughs> oh, you're just, you're just taking a dig right now because you can. It's like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save that round for, uh, for another time, you know? And, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, sometimes I, like I said, I'm, I get so petty that I hear, I'm like, <laughs> it's just sitting in my mind and like, I can't, I cannot, I'm like, I know I should not say this. I know I should not say this. And I'm like, Fuck it, Leroy Jenkins. Ah, it just fucking happens, and I'm like, and every time, I'm like, worth it, but not really worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, going back to the friend who I, I talked to and was getting some feedback, and you know, the thing I think that was really hard about it was, you know, there was some truth that he he was bringing, um, but a lot of it were just assumptions and judgments that he had made based on misinformation or or not asking me what was my opinion or my perspective. And so it was a good lesson learned on man, uh, just kind of what a judgmental asshole I can be. But also if you're, if you're going to go to somebody and call them out, like you better have the facts because if not, um, I mean, all of a sudden you don't have a leg to stand on because it's like, well, you don't know the whole story and you never came to me to ask and we're supposed to be friends. So like, what kind of friend are you? If you're, you know, you have these form judgments in your mind that you've been holding on to for a long time, and now you're just dropping them on me. Um, so anyway, it, it was it was good. It was eye opening, and I hope we can stay friends and move on from it. But um, yeah, man, it was tough to. Uh, Does it happen over Facebook? No, man. Oh, it happened in it person. Had, okay, it, it happened in person, which was which well, was actually good. good. Um, and and again, and it had kind of been a long time coming. You know, there had been some some pettiness and some little shots taken. Uh, but we were finally there and it was like, let's do this. And, you know, I think what was hard in the moment was he could tell I was getting upset. And so then he was trying to be like, well, I can tell you're getting upset. We'll just, we won't talk about it. But I was like, nah, man, we got this moment, you know, um, let's get into it. So, um, you know, definitely lessons learned for me as far as, you know, probably finding a better time, setting that appointment to really hash it out. But, um, you know, at least it was out there, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll see where the friendship goes from there. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a good one there. So yeah, I, th- I think you'll be okay. I think people can just put things go, uh, fall to the side, at least. I don't know. Maybe if it, was, if it was a coworker or something, maybe it's still different. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. So uh, to be continued, I'll, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> uh, I think I mean that kind of not to go off on a tangent, but that speaks to like leadership too. Like, I mean, if you're just in the, I don't know if you guys did this at OTS where they kind of put you in a situation where you were like like they closed the like they put you in the hallway and then they told the people like one person in the room to act a certain way and you had to pretend like you were like the flight commander or somebody walking in and something was happening. Like two coworkers were like making out or something like that, you know? <laughs> Cause you imagine how like if they went in like really hard and then and like, <laughs> yeah. they actually picked two people to like make out. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but like, just like 
on the spot being able to like give the right feedback or talk about the stuff you know what i mean like kind of like skid what you're talking about like setting a time but then sometimes you don't have that time and you, it's just an opportune moment you know so that's that's really tough to uh discern you know right and so yeah i mean yeah no i was just gonna say i mean i think maybe with with my wife because i'm with her and i <laughs> i love her and, and i want to stay with her that yeah i gotta i have to be wise and when i bring up things but you know, with some other folks, you don't know when that next opportunity is going to be. So maybe, yeah, you got to you got to dive in while you can. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. What were you going to say, Lux? No, um, I, I was just going to say no, when I went through, we didn't do that. But I think that would have been a really excellent exercise to do just because it's always interesting to see. We did something like a virtual one like that. But um, I, I kind of like that idea of like putting somebody in a situation like saying, Hey, what, what do you want to do? Like, what, how would you respond to this? Uh, because you don't really like, you think, Oh, like what I always come back to and like, I'm trying to stay away from this, and this since this isn't a catching jets one, but, um, I always find it interesting. Cause you say, oh, I'll never be in that scenario. And then um, since I've been doing this job, man, have I been put in some scenarios <laughs> I never thought I would be in. So yeah. it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, kind of fun, but, it, 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 it's kind of cool to see where uh, where you go, and uh, like I said, I was kind of going back to the feedback. Uh, I wish um, I, w- I kind of want to be a fly on the wall in other people's conversations about me, so I can hear what they say because like, that's really that's that's where you get your true, honest feedback, right? When people are saying like when people basically say stuff on your back, good or bad, right? So um, I guess the closest thing you can get to that is asking for direct feedback. So because um, you like obviously if, if somebody was like you know hey Lux um, you're they're like yeah man I really can't stand luxury he talks too much then but like if I never know if I never know I talk too much then hell like I'm never gonna be able to fix that or I'm never gonna be able to say hey think about that hey yeah I do talk too much or um, yeah 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 I think no I know that's uh... I don't know how you how you get around that as far as if it's an anonymous feedback, you know, <laughs> or is it, um, yeah, like a poll or or what? But I mean, again, and I think you got to be willing to take it. I mean, and I think we're um, we're the types who we want it, um, but I think a lot of people are scared of like, <laughs> well, what, what's going to happen? You know, what's the repercussions uh, from? from telling you like, Hey man, you kind of suck at this. Uh, yeah. is that, is that going to change the dynamic, um, between us? And I mean, maybe it will, you know, hopefully it yeah. doesn't, but yeah. Well, that's what it's come, you know, it comes down to emotional intelligence, right? Cause it's somebody that you're going to run into that you really need to give them feedback. And if you know, if you tell them, if you give them this piece of feedback, it's going to like destroy them and they're going to be completely useless as a person or friend from now on. Right. So you have to think about, hey, I can't, I may not be able to give somebody a direct feedback, but for me, somebody may be able to tell me, like, hey, man, you straight up are dog shit <laughs> at this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn, you're right. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, like, you kind of understanding it because one shoot, like, one size can't fit all. Like, I know um, some people, like, I, I know Beaver's like this, and he, he'll say, um, you know, hey, I'm just telling you, be uh, I'm just being completely honest with you guys on this one. Um, this is how it is, and I'm like, 
Yeah, like that works. Like for us, yeah, that works. But some people are not going to be able to take that um, that straight up feedback. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Some people like turn off, so it's kind of um, I don't know. It's not like a personality type thing, or I mean, maybe it is, but it's also a. It's like kind of the personality type of like how they receive feedback or how they like accept it, I suppose, like kind of how to deliver. I suppose that all goes into the umbrella of uh, leadership. But speaking of uh, anonymous feedback, that that is a good idea. Um, I guess I never really thought about that too much, but kind of like what we did at SOS. It's all coming back to SOS, baby. But uh, (laughs) like um, just putting stuff down and it, you know, obviously – it's funny when people didn't know it was uh didn't know it wasn't anonymous they thought it was anonymous. <laughs> until they got to the very end yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like sweating bullets they're like all right guys we're gonna pull out the sheets and they're like what <laughs> you know but uh at that point but, you just gotta own it <laughs> yeah yeah so true but it's like that i mean that kind of should happen right like kind of what you guys are saying is like it's, you know, you should pretend it's anonymous and then it not be because then you get the full truth. You know, that's why I kind of like the hot seat idea. But um, but the way they did it at SOS, I like because, like, you know, you write it the night before or something like that. So you kind of feel like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you feel free to write it because they're not in front of your face. But then you are in front of their face and you show them what you said and then you can expound on it. And it's a it's a what's it called kind of neutral environment where people feel comfortable talking about it you know so um i guess just setting up the environment to make sure that that's what like facilitate it you know what i mean so that's important obviously yeah no definitely and i think what was hard with sos was i think a lot of people weren't truly being themselves and and you could get away with it because it was only for a short period of time so you know, the feedback, I felt like the OTS feedback we were able to give was more valid because we, we lived and worked with these people and we saw them, you know, every day and every morning. So, um, I don't know, our class kind of elected to focus on the positives of the feedback. Like, hey, this is something I saw you do that I think is really good and you should continue it. And, um, and we didn't focus on the negative, which may have been a missed opportunity. But I, I don't know, I just felt a hard time. I had a hard time really uh, getting to know people because I felt like people's they kept they kept the front up pretty well at least in my my class. Yeah, and um, probably discussion for another time, but like the whole having a program where you have DG versus not have DG, like the kind of pros and cons, like because if you have a DG program, then people are some people might put on a facade to try to you know be someone they're not to try to get that right, you know. Um, yeah. or not be as vulnerable, I suppose. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Well, gents, we're at an hour. We, uh, we crushed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, uh, kind of sums it up pretty well. Any parting shots, I suppose? I know. Man, I, we- I, pre- I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for getting me back in the loop. Cool. Yeah, we uh, we'll definitely do this more. Um, you might have a uh, podcast uh, merging, huh? In uh, in the near future. I'd like to. I, I have some ideas, and obviously, you guys will be uh, you know first up. But I uh, <laughs> I've only been talking about this for like a year and a half now, and have done nothing with it. So you know, who 
who knows? But uh, <laughs> in, anyway, um, I uh, I think I think it'd be a great a great compliment. Maybe maybe have me on another podcast. I could talk about you know kind of my ideas, aspirations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome, man. You're uh, you're welcome anytime. Okay, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, actually, uh, luxury or I guess anybody. Did you have anything else on uh, Black Lives Matter? I suppose in uh, I don't want to cut you short, obviously, but uh, we kind of went away from there. I don't know if we went away from there naturally or kind of tangentially. Uh, I mean, there's always more that can be said, but um, yeah. I think just get out and talk to people and just understand there's different points of views just for all sides. Um, whether if you're a black person or not, uh, I think that my, my, if I could give any parting shot uh, on this, um, cause I see a lot of people I've, I've, I've even heard, um, from other people, um, kind of negative connotations to this, uh, to the black lives matter thing is the idea is people not, people are not saying, black lives are all that matter they're just saying that they do because right now um it's hasn't been a time where it has seemed that um black lives have mattered um kind of been thrown away at some points so um not saying that all lives don't matter just saying pay particular attention just calling out hey um, black lives do matter they're not something to be uh disregarded as they have appeared to be but that's all i got yeah, and we can't uh, can't let it go away. Obviously, you know what I mean. It uh, it can't just be like the flavor of the week type of thing. It's got to be a, a continued discussion and solutions. You know. Yep. So. All right. Um. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.